Amorphophallus titanum, or the corpse flower. What auspicious timing! You've chosen to visit the estate on the rare and wondrous day that our corpse flower is in bloom, and currently clocking in at twelve and a half feet tall. How marvelous! As you may have already gathered, this flower, a plant native to Sumatra, first got its name from the, well, putrid stench it emits whenever it blooms. If the odor becomes too much for you at any point, please ask the nearest Godfrey staff member for a complimentary nose plug. We keep these handy for any guests with particularly sensitive constitutions, but I think you'll agree that a little olfactory unpleasantness is worth the incredible and rare occurrence unfolding before you. It's been a full eight years since the last time this flower bloomed, and who knows how long it will be before it blooms again. Notice the beautiful contrast between the colors of the spathe, which resembles large petals unfurling from the towering central column of the spadix, bright green on the outside, deep, rich burgundy within, its texture a canvas of peaks and valleys of hundreds of folds, almost leathery to the touch, that is, if you could touch it. As always, please do not touch anything on display here at the estate unless expressly told to do so. And even then, it's best to proceed with caution. And then there is the spadix, the part of the flower that makes it the largest plant of its kind in the world. And what, out of an abundance of impressive facts and figures, makes this flower so famous? If you are able... Try to find a vantage point around the flower where the spadix is backlit, either by the sun or the spotlights trained on it from several sides. Move to one of those spots if you can. These may be crowded with other spectators, so please be respectful of other patrons' views. Very good. Now that you're in a prime viewing location, look closely at the spadix. Are the lights helping to illuminate what waits? suspended within it? Do you see the contours of the form at its center, the silhouette of its body from its head down to its toes, the unmoving, human-shaped body? The state of this figure cannot truly be called suspended animation, as no research on the subject has ever been able to prove that the human-like form at the center of every spadix was ever alive to begin with or how it got there in the first place, for that matter. Nor has this same research been able to prove that it's even a human figure at all. When the bloom wilts at the end of its one to two day flowering cycle, and the spadix is broken open for study, only inconclusive evidence remains. Shards of bone, an errant strand of hair, tissue of indeterminate origin the vague impression of what may once have been a body embedded into the walls of this strange cocoon. Maybe, some researchers have argued, that like a cocoon, the spadix of the corpse flower dissolves its contents, perhaps for nourishment, perhaps for some other unknown purpose acquired during its species' evolutionary trajectory. But unlike a cocoon, no metamorphosis follows, only an ending, a ceasing to be, and a lingering, powerful odor, reminiscent of the scent of decay, the scent of rot. Specifically, rotting meat.
calling any and all cinephiles. Make sure to check out the Godfrey Estate and Museum's monthly film screening series. These curated events feature everything from current art house darlings, to classics of yesteryear, to documentaries on subjects both expansive and intimate. All screenings feature post-show Q&As with either members of the creative team for contemporary films or a medium and a Ouija board to communicate with the filmmakers of days gone by. The latter events in particular can be just full of surprises. For example, at a recent screening of 1939's The Wizard of Oz, the medium attempted to contact Victor Fleming, the primary director of the film. However, when the medium asked what Fleming's thoughts were on the lasting success of such a beloved movie, the response spelled out on the Ouija board was B-A-R-K 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 As luck would have it, the medium had actually contacted the spirit of Terry, the canine actor who portrayed Toto. An unexpected yet delightful discussion followed about Terry's experience on the set, and what it was like to be an actor during the golden age of Hollywood. Such surprises may await you, too, at the Godfrey's Film Screening Series. For more information about dates and our currently announced lineup, please visit the information desk located in the atrium. Quercus Mulier. The true majesty of this particular oak tree is most commonly witnessed during moments of quiet and tranquility, so rest for a while in the shade of its ample canopy. Pause. Take a breath. Sit on one of the nearby benches that line this path, and await the revealing of the secret. In the meantime, a little about the history of this oak. Whereas most of the plants and landscaping here on the estate grounds are the result of Annabel Godfrey's vision and oversight, this oak tree was on the property long before this patch of land ever bore her name. Botanists estimate that it is somewhere between 800 and 900 years old. It is also three times as tall and twice as large in diameter as any other oak trees on the premises though experts are at a loss as to why this specimen is so much larger than other nearby oaks of roughly similar age. Ah, there she is. Do you see her? It may take a moment. Let your eyes adjust to the change. Do you see her face peeking out through the bark, which she has pulled apart with her delicate hands? It may look like a knot that wasn't there before, larger than any of the others. Do you see the rest of her as she widens the gap to get a better look at the stranger stopped outside her abode? Do you see the Lady of the Oak? The color and texture of her skin blend seamlessly with the mottled browns and greens and dark grays of the bark. Thin, concentric rings spring forth from the moss-covered crown of her head, 
and wrap around the entire visible length of her body in a subtle tattoo. When she stands perfectly still, you can lose her in an instant. Only the brightness, the light in her eyes, gives away her presence, and only if you know to look for them. Eyes the color of pale amber, hardened by the passing of ages. Eyes that see much when they wish to. What does she see in you? She who has been one with this tree for generations upon generations of human lives. Who has seen centuries of curious onlookers come and go. Who has hidden from those who would study her, if only they could capture her. Who would do her harm, perhaps, to do so. Her shyness is understandable, is it not? Some have wondered if this genus of oak and this being within it are some distant cousin of the corpse flower which you have just seen on your tour. For by all accounts, the Lady of the Oak springs forth from this tree in the same manner that the curious, unfortunate progeny of the corpse flower does. Perhaps they are two sides of a mysterious coin, one that when flipped determines the growth of a living thing, or the remnants of something that perhaps never truly lived in the first place. It's an absurd notion at first glance. The corpse flower and the oak tree come from entirely different parts of the world. They are entirely distinct and separate species. And yet, maybe somewhere along the evolutionary line, in some unfathomable past age, what would become these two halves of a strange whole met briefly then parted forever, though forever linked even in their distance across time and space. One linked to death, one to life. And there she goes, back within the tree, back to wherever she lives out her long, watchful days. Perhaps even now, she still watches you, watches and waits. Thank you for listening to the Godfrey Audio Guide. This episode was written, produced, and performed by Nicole Knudsen, with sound design and editing by James Ferrero. Enjoying your trip to the estate? To keep up with the Godfrey, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Godfrey Guide, or visit our website posted in the show notes below. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast app of choice. If you're interested in becoming a sustaining member of the show, make sure to visit our Patreon page patreon.com slash the godfrey audio guide in addition to our various membership tiers you'll also find full episode transcripts for any who wish to read them until next time friends see you back at the museum everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.